listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Thirsty Thursday Women's Online Wellness Facebook page live. I'm Dr. Ron Eaker, your host, and I am freezing. I am, I am out here. I'm not wearing this coat because I'm some egomaniac who wants everybody to know I ran the Boston Marathon. Okay, I am an egomaniac, and I want everyone to know that I ran the Boston Marathon, but I'm really wearing this coat because I'm out here in my studio, and I'm freezing. It is so cold. I thought I had a heater out here, and I don't think it's working too well. In fact, if you like, if you want to see the rest of my little man cave workout room out here where I have my studio... Uh, maybe towards the end here, if I don't wander on too long, we can take a little tour of the uh, of the man cave. So if you want to see that, give me a thumbs up, give me a heck yes, or let me know that that's something you want to see, and we'll do that maybe towards the end as we get through the evening. Thanks again for all those who have joined the private Facebook group over the last couple of weeks. I missed last week. I was at a conference. I was learning some stuff. I was in Florida, and it was warm. But that was then, this is now. So we're up here today and up here tonight. So we're going to tolerate the coolness. We're going to use it to turn into energy. Actually, I'm going to try to be animated so I can kind of warm up a little bit. That's one of the things exercise does to you. But I learned some stuff at that conference that I'm going to share with you at a later uh, Facebook Live. But welcome to all those who are new to our Facebook page. Take some time to look around, and some of you oldies who have been here a while, take some time to go back and look around. We put some new stuff up. We're constantly trying to populate it with information that will be meaningful, valuable, that will hopefully provide some really useful information as you map out these strategies for the next 40, 50, 60 years of your wealth, your, your wellness and health span. We don't talk about lifespans here. We talk about health spans. We don't want to be 110, but spend the last 20 years in the bed. We want to be healthy and vigorous throughout. And that's the kind of things that we talk about along with virtually anything related to women's health. If you're new to the website, uh, if you're new to the Facebook page and you want to see some of the stuff we've done in the past, and even if you're old and you don't get a chance to watch some of these videos, as I'll remind you each time, you can go up to the little top of the screen up there where it says uh, albums and click on that and then you'll come to a little thing that says videos and you click on that and there's every single video that we've done from the very inception of this thing and it's well worth going in and perusing that. Uh, we're going to hopefully one of these days classify it by topics so you could actually go in and say, hmm... What did that fool say about CBD oil? I wonder. Hmm. Well, we're going to be able to see, you go back and, and review those and maybe find it so it's topical, so it, 
You don't have to wade through each one of them. There's a lot of PDF files. A lot of people don't realize that we, under the file section, we've got a lot of articles and files. There's even a free PDF of my book, uh, Women's Guide to Hormone Health. So if you want a free, F-R-E-E, no cost, go on there. And that's one of the things, one of the benefits, one of the values that I wanted to bring to you guys, what I want to bring to this community. So go in there and utilize all these, all these uh, things that are available to you there. And more importantly, if there's something that you think would be beneficial to yourself or the community, whether it's an expose on some topic that's come up in the news recently, uh, something that you may have heard about and you're wondering what's the medical validity of that, what's the, is it real, is it, is it worthwhile pursuing, go ahead and put, post it on the Facebook page and, or send me a private message. That's what this is about. I want this to be an interactive community. So feel free to get with me, uh, let me know through a private message or just posting it on the feed there. If you have a question, concern, something you've read, something you're not sure about, something you want to know more about, something that would practically apply to your life, that's what this is about. And I'll be happy to do my best to answer that either directly in a direct message or on the feed or even possibly on one of these Facebook Lives. So let's get into the meat of the subject this evening. I'm going to tell you five things, one, two, three, four, five, five things that I bet you didn't know about exercise. Now, everyone out there who's been involved with me in any way, shape, or form over the last 30 years knows I'm an exercise evangelist. I truly believe that exercise is the fountain of youth. I truly believe that there is nothing you can do short of adequate nutrition that's going to provide a greater benefit, a greater likelihood of reducing your incidences of long-term risks of health problems than exercise. And let me, let me quantify that for you. Let me make sure you understand where I'm coming from because I want you to really be sure and clear when I use the term exercise. That actually means different things to different people. So let me give you the, the 10,000 view viewpoint when it comes to exercise and activity so that we can be on the same page. When I talk about exercise, I'm talking about a specific activity that you do for a specific time frame with a certain goal in mind. Now, obviously, that's things like going to the gym or walking or running or riding a bike or, or you know, chasing a, a rabid squirrel, whatever occurs to you at the time. If you do it for a period of time, it gets your heart rate elevated, it works your muscles, it gets you moving. The second part of exercise or activity level is just your day-to-day -day activities, just the stuff you do in life. And believe it or not, that plays a huge role. Let's talk about energy expenditure. When we think about exercise, we constantly often think about, well, how many calories is that burning? You've all been on a treadmill and you've been going along and just, you know, just like that picture on the Facebook page of that girl and just, just killing yourself on this treadmill. And then you're there for a half hour and then you look up on the screen and it says, you burned 30 calories. It's like, oh, man, that's not even half a cookie. I mean, that's just frustrating. It drives you nuts. Well, the reality is exercise is not that much about calorie burning. It's about changing your body metabolism. It's about not what you're doing during that one hour, but what happens the other 23 hours. Well, that also applies to your daily activity. 
The more active you are in any setting, whether it's your work, your home, your play, whatever you're doing, the more active you can be, the more that contributes to your long-term health and wellness. And I'll spell that out in one of these five facts. I'll spell that out a little th more thoroughly. So don't think that when I'm talking about exercise, I'm saying, oh, you have to go to the gym or you, you, you've got to go out and run five miles. No, I'm talking about just being active in any setting that you're in. And that really throws the, the category open and quite frankly, takes away a lot of excuses. And we'll get to that in a second. All right, first, the first fact that I think will surprise a lot of people, <coughs> excuse me, I might have to rehydrate. Well, I'm doing, hey, Lori, hey, Susan. That's my wife. Hey, Catherine. All right, many people are under the misperception that exercise is critical to weight loss, that you have to exercise to lose weight. It's not true! You heard it here first. It's not true. And this is coming from somebody who's an exercise evangelist. I, I, that was probably one of the greatest revelations that came to me when I was getting board certified in bariatrics and weight loss medicine. Now, that comes with some caveats. Don't walk out and say, oh, Dr. Eager said I don't have to exercise or lose weight. Let me make clear what I mean by that. When we talk about losing weight, we really think about it from the standpoint of the weight loss phase. That's when you're losing the weight. That's why we call it the weight loss phase. And then there's the maintenance phase. That's staying where you want to stay. That's key. That's absolutely key. You can't view it from the standpoint of I'm going to go on this PHC or this, this diet or, or buy this silly food off the, off the internet or the TV along and you know get Marie Osmond's latest albums and you're going to lose that weight and then when you go back to doing what you were before, it was going to stay off. No, whenever you think about weight loss, you've got to think about it in the weight loss phase and the weight maintenance phase. So when it comes to activity, when it comes to exercise, it's extremely important, incredibly important, mandatory when you want to maintain your weight loss. Once you get the weight off and want to stay in that range, virtually no one can do that successfully unless they have some type of exercise or activity program in place. Now, I'm not talking about training for a marathon. I'm talking about a 30 or 45 minute walk. In fact, the American uh, Society of Obesity Medicine says that if you can get in two hours, an hour and a half of, of vigorous exercise or two hours of exercise in a week, in a week, you can meet the requirements to keep the weight off. So what's all this about having to exercise while you're losing weight, trying to burn off more calories than you take in? It's really important in the weight loss phase in two areas. Number one, yes, it does help create a calorie deficit. And there's no way around that you have to reduce your energy, either you reduce your energy intake or increase your energy output or ideally both. But when it comes to weight loss, nutrition is the king and exercise is a pawn. Now that flips when you're trying to maintenance. In the maintenance, exercise is the king and nutrition is the pawn. That confuses a lot of people, surprises a lot of people. But that doesn't mean that you can't 
not be active while you're losing weight. The most important thing activity and exercise does when you're losing weight is it shifts the curve of weight loss towards fat. When you lose weight, you lose fat, muscle, and fluid. Physiological impossible unless you have you know, an amputation and you lose that weight that way or you lose dead weight like getting a divorce or something. But talking about body weight, when you lose body weight, you lose fat, muscle, and fluid. Obviously, we want to maximize the fat loss and minimize the muscle loss. So the most effective way of shifting that curve and achieving that is being active through exercise. So that's why in our program or any program worth anything, it's going to tell you to be active so you can actually increase the amount of fat that's being lost. But just remember that exercise is important, but not as important as it is in keeping the weight off. Uh, hey, Judy, how you doing? Lisa, Gene, good to see you guys. Thanks for watching. All right, number two, exercise in small chunks can be incredibly beneficial, amazingly important. We used to think that if you didn't have 30, 45 minutes to go to the gym or to go out and walk, it was just a waste. In fact, I used to tell people that, and I feel bad about that. I feel horrible because it was so wrong, so dumb, so, well, it wasn't dumb at the time because that's what the studies had shown for a while. But the reality is now with excellent science, very good studies, they've shown that doing activities, doing exercise in small little chunks, five and 10 minute chunks, you can get effective cardiovascular heart benefit. You can get effective calorie burning. You can effective weight loss. You can get effective reduce your incidence of other these long-term effects. So if you don't have 30 or 45 minutes to go out and do a walk or to go chase that squirrel like I was talking about or ride a bike or do an elliptical or do a treadmill, if you don't have that time during your day because you know, you oh, I gotta get in the car, then I gotta have to shower afterwards. You can actually do two to three segments of five or 10 minutes at a time and still get benefit. It's not a waste. I tell people all the time, if you don't have those big segments, break it up into smaller segments throughout the day and you're still gonna gain some benefit. Now, the good part of that is you're gonna get some good things happening from that. The bad thing is it takes away another excuse. It makes it impossible for you to say, oh, well, I didn't have an hour, I couldn't go exercise. Well, do you have five or 10 minutes? You can get up and walk around the office, walk around the school, walk around your house. You could, you could stand in place and do body weight exercises, squats. I mean, if you really wanna make somebody crazy and you work in an office setting, you know, about every hour, get up and do something active for about five minutes. It'll drive them nuts, and you you just really can have fun with that. So it'll not only make your coworkers a little batty, but it'll be good for you. So small segments broken up throughout the day can be equivalent and at least beneficial. Now, there's no question that if you're training for a 5K or a 10K or a marathon, Absolutely, the, the duration creates an entire importance because you have to start looking at the cardiovascular fitness. So that comes with some caveats. 
But one of the most interesting studies I saw recently looked at this type of exercise, exercise called HIT, high intensity interval training. Many of you have heard of that. And basically it's where you go very intense for a very short period of time. Literally, I've got an app on my phone that puts me through about 12 exercises in eight minutes. And that's even with a little bit of rest in between. So 12 exercises intensely in eight minutes, I can get a kick butt workout in, in eight minutes that's gonna do me some good cardiovascularly. If I don't have time to, you know, if somebody's called and I've gotta to get to the hospital or, or I'm, I've been at the office until eight at night and we're just too tired to spend a, an hour going out and running, I can come home and do that eight minute workout and get benefits. So remember, small is okay. You can gain some benefit from doing even those small segments. There's a great app, in fact, let me see if I can find it since I got my phone right here. Uh, the one I use is actually called, if I can find, I swear these things move around. Does that ever happen to you where you, where you have your apps on the phone and you kind of get used to where they are and then one day you come in and it looks like the little app fairy has come out in the middle of the night and switched them all around? Yeah, I, I swear I think that happens. The one I have is called Seven Minutes. And, and, you know, I remember back in high school, that had a whole different connotation. I don't know, it maybe says something about my age. But it's called Seven Minutes. It's a seven-minute workout. You can just go on that, the uh, Apple Store, and it's free. And there's a bunch of them. But that's just one I use. And literally, you can get your behind kicked in seven or eight minutes. Small chunks can be beneficial. The next thing I hear all the time is that I'm too old to exercise. I've never exercised, I'm, I'm too sick, or I'm too infirmed, or I, I'm too old, it's not gonna help me now. There was a study about three years ago that followed 90-year-old men who had not been what we would call avid, regular exercisers, took them into a gym, compared them to a component of 90-year-old men who did not exercise, and they had them in a gym supervised, I and mean, we weren't just gonna take a bunch of 90-year-old folks and throw them on a treadmill, and you know, you'd have to have the EMTs there all the time, but they took them through a controlled program of reasonably exercise for their age group, and every one of them showed an improvement in their cardiovascular fitness, they actually showed an improvement in their bone health, their muscle mass. We used to think that as you got old, you really had trouble building your muscle mass. Well, yeah, if you don't use your muscles, they're gonna atrophy, they're gonna get smaller. The same thing happens to bones. It's so incredibly important for you wowzers, especially if you're concerned about osteoporosis. I don't care if you're 50 or you're 90. If you're worried about your bones, the best thing you can do for that is weight-bearing exercise. Virtually anything but swimming. Swimming, the buoyancy of the water holds the bones up so there's no pressure on the bones, which is great if you've got joint problems, but it's not gonna help your bones. But virtually anything else will do that. So it doesn't matter your age, you're still gonna get that benefit by just doing that weight-bearing exercise. It's never too late 
to get the benefits. Now, I'm, I'm, I gotta say this, you know, my, my attorneys, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, said that, I always have to say this, this is just generalized advice. If you are not active, if you don't exercise, don't go out tomorrow and run a mile. You're gonna die. Don't do it. You didn't hear me say that, do it. Get with somebody who knows, what's their, knows what they are doing and get on a slow, steady buildup, a slow regimen that's not gonna get you injured, that's not gonna get you hurt, that's not gonna keep you uh, from continuing doing what you're doing because that's the biggest mistake people make is they go out and they go gangbusters, they're all fired up, they listen to this and they're gonna go out tonight and they're gonna run that 5K and they're gonna die. Don't do it. Take your time, slow and steady wins the race, be the turtle, not the rabbit. It's gonna work much better for you if you have somebody who's knowledgeable, who can work through, work with you and teach you how to uh, accomplish these things. But it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still get benefits by being active. In fact, there's tremendous evidence that shows that the older you get, the more active you are, the less likely you are to develop things like Alzheimer's. And I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. That's gonna freak you out because I know that's a fear of a lot of folks. But even when you're in your 70s and 80s and 90s, being active is one of the major decreases, decreasing risk factors for senile dementia, for any health thing. I mean, basically being isolated psychologically, not being engaged mentally, and being isolated physically where you're not active are two of the worst things that can possibly happen as you get older. And, and really that applies, I mean, I have, I have patients who are wheelchair bound who are doing upper body exercises, they're doing motions. People, they're, they're, we, we looked at some uh, places in the past, some uh, uh, assisted living places, and they would have places where you would sit in chairs and do active exercises. So you, it, the benefits are, are well documented for continuing this as a lifestyle throughout every decade. Each decade has a benefit along the way and that never, ever stops. I promise you the way I wanna go is running my 600th marathon and uh, being on Boylston Street, coming down that last 26.2 miles in Boston and just flat keel over right there and be 112. Nothing would make me happier. I hope that is what happens. All right, 115. So, now, Kind of along those lines, one of the things I hear all the time is that if I'm out running a lot or I'm out being very active, that it's gonna turn my knees into saltines and they're just gonna eventually crumble. We used to have this myth propagated by doctors that overactive, people who are overactive, people who are very active in their youth tended to get a higher incidence of arthritis and joint problems when they were older. Well, now that myth has been disproved. They've had multiple studies following people over longitudinal years, and they've shown that people who are most active actually have lower incidences of things like arthritis and joint pain. Yes, there's no question that there can be overuse injuries and damage that lead to things like knee replacements and hip replacements.
But a lot of that is secondary to maybe carrying extra weight and the weight creating a lot of pressure on those joints over years. Obviously, one of the best ways of controlling your weight is being active. So this idea that since I run marathons, I'm gonna have to have a knee replacement in another five years is an absolute myth. In fact, by going out and doing that and doing it smart, by training and not overtraining and overdoing it, and this applies to anything, not just marathon training, I'm actually reducing my incidence of having to have those types of problems in the future. So there's no evidence to suggest that you, that if you do it correctly and you do it with sense and you do it with guidance, and you do it with purpose and you do it in context of other things like adequate nutrition, that exercising is not going to turn into problems with the joints in particular. Now, obviously there's a lot of things that play a role there, such as genetics and such as previous injury. Where I get real concerned is a lot of young folks who get involved very early on, on a, in a lot of sports that create a lot of early injuries like football, soccer, and et cetera. And that creates a whole dynamic that's very different from what I'm talking about. That sets up things like inflammation and issues with, with chronic use of inflamed tissues resulting from early injuries before those, those bones and joints are properly formed. And over time, chronically, that can create a problem the more active you are. So you've got to be very careful about that and it's very individualized. But in general, being active does nothing to worsen your physical conditions and only can make it better for most people. One of our best tools for arthritis treatment today is getting people moving. Not that long ago, we just said the opposite. Oh, you've got to rest that arthritic joint. It's not the case anymore. All right, lastly, I know everybody out there, hey Sherry, hey Paula, Cindy, thank you guys for watching. Uh, I know most of you out there have heard of my little friend BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. All right, I'm being, I'm being a smarty pants. That is one of the greatest benefits of act, being active and exercise on the planet today. So what is BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor? It is a protein, it is a chemical that is secreted, it's squished out of your muscles when you are active, when you exercise. So big deal, what is, who cares? There's a lot of junk that gets squeezed out of muscles. Well, John Raddy, who was a, is a neuroscientist at Harvard or Yale or one of those you know, hooey-wooey schools, uh, wrote a book and in it he called, and this guy's bright, I mean really bright, I mean he, he really knows his neuroscience. And he described BDNF produced by exercise as miracle grow for the brain. That pretty well conceptualized it for me. Think about for a minute what happens in the brain. The brain has these, got these nerve cells called neurons and they have these little branches called dendrites. And it's like a, the picture of the tree with the trunk and all the branches. Well, all these little dendrites, these neuronal cells, 
connect with each other. Literally thousands and sometimes millions of connections between these individual neurons and these dendrites. Well, one of the biggest problems with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, uh, MS, there's a lot of neuro, what we call neurodegenerative diseases, result from either a buildup of proteins that aren't eliminated, and it's kind of like it clogs the system, a breakdown of the lining that supports the neurons, or a, a breakage of these bonds, a breakage of these interconnections of these branches. Virtually everyone who has some form of senile dementia shows one or all of these properties. BDNF prevents and actually reverses most of those problems. Miracle growth for the brain. When that's produced, it goes in and it actually repairs some of those lost connections. That's why people who are active in exercise actually have better memories. It's not voodoo, it's hard science. We know now why, it's because of this chemical BDNF and it circulates in the brain and it causes these connections to form. They've actually done studies with kids and kids who are active actually can do better studying for a test afterwards because their memory is enhanced. The same thing applies to older folks like me. Your memory is improved the more active you are largely because memory is simply these connections being formed and then replicated. So if you've got the chemicals that are fertilizing all that, it's going to improve. But the biggest studies we're seeing now that really are exciting is the very, very definite reduction in things like Alzheimer's, things like senile dementia in people who are active. It can reduce the onset of that in some studies sometimes 30%. There is nothing else on the planet that you can do that will reduce your risk of getting that problem than being active, than exercise. There is nothing out there that's gonna have that kind of impact, that kind of reduction in the chances of you developing that than being active. That one point alone ought to get every one of your rear ends out tomorrow to doing something, whether it's five, 10, 15 minutes, I don't care what, it ought to be something because that is one of the leading causes of disability, of, of, of being bedridden, of losing association with, I mean, people, I don't have to tell you the devastation that dementia and its associated problems cause for individuals and families. You owe it to your family members. If you don't even do it for yourself, you owe it to your family members to try to be more active, to try to engage physically, to try to do what you can do. And, and I'm not casting dispersions. I know there are tremendous limitations that some people have. I know there, there, there are lifestyle issues, there are physical issues, there are emotional issues, but I'm telling you, it, 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 the first step of any thousand mile journey is that initial step. And if you'll take that, it can begin a change in a lifestyle that could virtually alter almost anything that's going on with you as it relates to chronic illness and chronic disease. So I, I really wanted to stress that point because I, 
daily have women coming in and telling me how concerned they are. A lot of them had to be caregivers for, for parents or, or grandparents who had developed these problems. And they asked me, you know, I'm worried about genes, I'm worried about genetics, I'm worried about uh, developing this problem. And quite honestly, their activity level is much more vital to their likelihood of not or, or, or developing or not developing these problems than genetics. The activity level can override any genetic predisposition in most individuals. So it's that important. And we've seen that all the way from animal studies up through human studies. It, if, if I had to write a prescription tonight for each one of you as to what would probably be the most impactful thing in your wellness and health, it would be spend 15 minutes being active every single day. Oh. All right, that's all I can say. I, you can tell I get on my, my soapbox with this, but it's because I believe in it so much. I believe in it, and I know the value of how it can change lives, even in small increments. There's, there's nothing else like it. So uh, if there's any questions, if I, again, I, I, I hope that this information is helpful. Obviously, in uh, however, let me see how long we've been going here. Uh, in 32 minutes, it's hard to really make a deep dive into these topics, but I'm hoping that it's helpful. If it is, give me a, a thumbs up, a heck yes, send me a heart, let me know. Uh, I really, I get juiced by this. I'm hoping that, that it applies to you and that you'll, more than anything, I just hope you'll be one of the four or five percent that will watch this, that will actually do something about it, and that will actually begin to implant this seed in my mind that, yeah, that's something I need to do. Uh, and don't, don't just say, next week I'm gonna be more active. You're much more likely to do it if you'll actually write it down. On Monday at 7.30, I'm gonna go out for a 20-minute walk. At Wednesday at noon, I'm gonna walk around the block. Thursday, I'm going to go to the gym. If you'll write it down, say what you're going to do, how long you're going to do it, the likelihood of you following through increases by 40 to 50%. Thank you guys for letting me join you tonight. It really is an honor and a privilege, and I, I really mean that. It, it just means so much for me to, to be able to present this information and have you share that with me, and I, I do... Don't take it for granted, and I do thank you for being a part of this. So enjoy the Facebook page, interact with us, let us know how things are going, and remember always, first and foremost, before anything else, make healthy choices. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.